crypto totters, crypto totters, crypto totters, hey. It's a way, making money in my sleep, making money in my sleep. Hello, everybody. Uh, today's guest is going to be Lisa Francoeur. Is that correct, Lisa? It is indeed. Perfect, perfect. And for you guys who are not familiar, last week we entered Moetti with Crypto Tutors, and now we have another co-founder of Crypto Tutors. That's going to be Lisa, and we're going to talk a little bit about her, find out who she is, what her passion, what drives her, what uh, helped everyone, all the co-founders, come up together to figure out why Crypto Tutors, and um, just some cool things that are happening in the the Bitcoin blockchain crypto space. How are you doing today, Lisa? I'm very well, and I feel so excited to be here. I got a lot of energy, and so just get ready for the wave. Perfect. Now, <laughs> first, uh, Lisa, you speak about energy and wave. My first question is, are you on Clubhouse? 100,000%. Okay, perfect. So I'm going to make sure to connect with you later on, because that's going to be a great source of people to get to know about crypto tutors, uh, to get your message out, and I'd love for people to follow you. What is your Clubhouse uh, handle, by the way? At Fancyfied, and that's at F. A-N-C-Y-F-I-E-D. Okay, cool. So, Lisa, tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you go to school? What's your background? Um, you know, how did you get to where you're at right now? Yeah, great question. And, you know, I'd like to preface that with, like, I don't have the pedigree of, like, an Ivy Leaguer. And I feel like a lot of times, especially in the spaces that I find myself in, most of the you know folks that I'm around do have that pedigree, and so I guess you could say I'm a bit of like a you know I'm I'm an outlier, and get into the specifics on what I mean by that. So I'm a patient descent, which is you know my last name is Francoeur or pronounced Francoeur, and I say that to say you know it's in my DNA to be revolutionary and disruptive. You know Haitians and and what we stand for and have been acknowledged for in history is the black, the first black republic. And so I think it's important to call that out because, you know, my family emigrated to this country actually after, I, maybe during the civil rights movement. And so, you know, we came here after we had ended slavery in 1804. Um, and we came to the United States in the, in the 1960s. So, you know, growing up, I, I grew up in a very like strict family. And education was like, like, you know, one of the most important and significant values that were upheld in my household. And because that was the case, you know, like uh, me, I, I'm super rambunctious. I got a lot of energy and like I'm bouncing off walls. And I grew up in a household where, you know, kids were meant to be seen and not heard. So that was like a point of contention. And, you know, my mother, to her credit, she invested in like parochial schooling. And so I was able to get a, a you know, pretty solid foundation in terms of my my education and then you know i went i'm from new york um hard body new york hey <laughs> <laughs> hard body new york like you know i'm kind of gangster you know we'll talk about that another time though but um i said that to say like i you know in in coming from new york and just kind of navigating manhattan you know the city and just being exposed to to just you know so many people in such a concentrated area and having to kind of determine how to maneuver was, I think, really beneficial in like my school of hard knocks education. And so, you know, I went to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, 
had no freaking clue of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to pursue. I chose, you know, communications as like a default. I was like, look, if I could like parlay my way into like the high, you know, the dopest night, you know, the dopest clubs in New York City, get the bouncers to let me cut the line because, you know, Fancy Five doesn't do lines, then, you know, I will do well in communication. That was the same logic that I applied to when I graduated college, becoming a salesperson. You know, I was selling um, ads. I got, you know, kicked off my career initially as a fashion stylist. And I just like wasn't getting compensated. Like, you know, I worked with some pretty well-established uh, folks from Alicia Keys to Shakira, Paris Hilton, Lil Wayne. And they had this like quid pro quo approach to, to compensation, which basically means like, you know, they're not going to pay you per se, but how they're paying you is in like the um, affiliation with their brand, which would just drum up more business. Right. And I was like, I'm good on that. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm straight. Like, I'm not living in New York City, you know, living off of affiliation. I need to like pay rent and I need to like stay fly. So that wasn't going to work for me. And it gave me pause around what I should do next, which brought me back to, you know, parlaying my ways into the dopest clubs and like getting into VIP. And I was just like, okay, like I can sell. I could, that's, that's an indication that the, sales, the gift of gap, the gift of gap precisely. Mm. And so boom, I transitioned into sales and then it was by happenstance. I fell into tech. Now this is really critical in my story. This is a significant pivot because when I came into tech, it was so unexpected and unintentional. It was like I was working with an executive recruiting firm and they had propositioned me with two offers, one in publishing, which is an industry I was very familiar with. I had years of experience in and this other in tech. And the way that I evaluated the opportunities was like, I know publishing is a contracting industry and I know tech is an expansive industry and I don't see how I could lose if right. I you know, went for a growing burgeoning industry. So I said, you know what, you got to go, you know, to get to where you've never gone, you got to be willing to do what you've never done. So I took the, um, you know, tech job and it was basically off to the races because again, going back to the notion of pedigree, you know, I'm a black female and we're vastly underrepresented in, in tech in general, especially 10 plus years ago when I started my career. And I worked for, you know, search engine optimization firm. I worked for mobile optimization firm, you know, all SaaS based products, software as a service. Right. And then I got recruited on LinkedIn to work for LinkedIn. This was another pivotal point in my career because it's like, I sort of liken it to like being admitted to a Princeton or Harvard or what have you, because you're in an environment where like the best of the best in the industry, they congregate. So I, if you look at me, you'd be like, oh yeah, it makes sense. She's a stylist. Like you could tell that I'm like a very fashion forward, very eclectic individual. You, you wouldn't necessarily think you, I sell You have the best profile picture that I've seen in a while. So yes, the clothes, <laughs> it's, everything looks great. So yes, you, you definitely, oh yeah, fashionista. I could see that. But tech, <laughs> yeah, I, I would never expect that. So how long were you in tech before you got over to uh, LinkedIn? And then what did you do at LinkedIn? Was, yeah, good question. I think forgive me for not knowing this offhand. I think I was, I think I was selling software for like maybe six. Yeah. About six years or six plus years okay. before LinkedIn recruited me. And so what'd you end up doing on LinkedIn? Cause that's pretty cool. I've, I've never met anyone who's been uh, reached out to headhunted for LinkedIn on LinkedIn. Probably that's how it happened too, right? Did LinkedIn reach out to you based off of your profile or how did that, how did that happen? 
a hundred thousand percent. Justin, like this is a very like interesting part of the story because you know, the thing about getting recruited on LinkedIn is that like I had been recruited on LinkedIn. I was a very, I was an early adopter of LinkedIn. So I had a profile, I would say since like 2000 and like maybe nine, 2010. And I had constant, and I got recruited. So, so my second tech job, I was recruited on LinkedIn, which was how I got it. And which was how I secured the opportunity and every job thereafter, like I haven't applied for a job since gosh, like, 2010, <laughs> not even 2010. I haven't applied for a job since 2000. I didn't even, I haven't applied for a job in, I don't even know how many years, over a decade. I, I'm right there with you. I think every position I've held outside of doing my own thing has been someone saying, hey, we want you to come over here. So, and I've been reached out to on LinkedIn a couple of times, I think three times to be exact. And, you know, it's, I, I get it. But, you know, that also kind of just speaks to who you are as a person and off, obviously your professionalism to know that you have what it takes or they wouldn't be talking to you in the first place, right? Well, I would say this. I think that what social media has done is it's democratized the ability to really curate your persona, curate your professional experience, particularly when you're speaking about a platform like LinkedIn. And I didn't understand that what I was doing was developing my personal brand. That was not a language that existed even 10 plus years ago. And so as I started to understand the value of, of personal branding, and, and that was only solidified when I came to work for LinkedIn, I realized that like the commoditization of your expertise is something that you can highlight on a platform like LinkedIn if you are calculated and deliberate and so forth. And Justin, look, when I say that LinkedIn was a very pitiful point in my career, was recruited to work for LinkedIn on LinkedIn. And I scoffed at the idea initially because I was like, yeah, right. What the hell does LinkedIn sell? You know, I had no Mm -hmm. idea that like there was a whole B2B model. And like, that was also something that I call it suspension of practicality. I was like, oh, I, I think that this is real. And I was initially reluctant to respond, but because I had the experience of being recruited on LinkedIn before I said, you know what, let me just see where this goes. And so I responded and that got me in the uh, interview process going. And the first opportunity that I was recruited for, I didn't get. They decided to hire internally, but they were very impressed by me. And I was introduced to another hiring manager. And about, what, October, I was recruited. By January, I started my career, and it was pretty much off to the races. I sold enterprise software. So I was selling LinkedIn's Talent Solutions software, which enables Fortune 500s, which is who I was selling to at the time, to utilize LinkedIn's SaaS platform to identify top tier talent, reach out to them, much like I had been recruited Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn. That was the software that I was selling to Fortune 500. That was something that you never expected, right? From going from, uh, what, nightclubs to fashion to, you know, well, I guess you you had, you did have software, but then to do it for LinkedIn out of nowhere, out of the blue, I mean, that's, that's many blessings, right? God is great, you know, and I will say that success is not linear. It's not. It's actually more of like a squiggly line, in my opinion. I'm not sure how you feel about that. Squiggly line going upwards. Yeah. I mean, ideally, I look, man, I had to take, you know, sometimes you got to take a couple steps back to be catapulted forward. And we'll talk about that in a second. (laughs) There you go. You're definitely New York. I hear all of it, all of it in you. My sister actually has been in New York for almost 10 years now. So, you know, I've been there a couple of times. I love the city. It's a lot of walking. I think I'm next time I'm going to have to get a helicopter ride everywhere I want to go. That's too much walking for me. Oh my God. I love the way you think. Cause I'm so about that life. I got to send you my commercial. Or uh, yeah, no, no. I, I saw it. It was, it was pretty dope. It was pretty dope. <laughs> so 
we've learned actually a lot of cool things. I've been taking notes while you've been talking. And some of the things that were people are just now discovering now, you're talking about you having it by happenstance on social media, LinkedIn, developing your brand, curating your profile. So to kind of give you a better understanding of why I'm saying this, I'm in my MBA program at SMU right now. And one of the first things they told us, which also kind of sparked this podcast idea, is to work on your digital uh, footprint because that's going to be the way of the future in business and the way of networking is you have to get your yourself out there and you have to curate your personality, your brand, your expertise in a way that people can just look at your profile and understand, okay, this is what this guy does. You're no longer here just to say that you're on there on the platform and just have small chit chat conversation. It's like you said, you have to be intentional, has to have purpose, and it has to have a clear message behind everything that you're doing so people can know who you are. So it's crazy that you had that naturally. And I'm in school right now. And that's what they're teaching us in 2020, 2021. Well, first and foremost, congratulations on pursuing your MBA. I wish you continued success Thank with you. that. And um, tell them if they want Fancify to pull up and, you know, a co-founder of Crypto Tutors might add, uh, to pull up and teach all about personal branding. I oh, definitely. You. I'll definitely reach <laughs> out. the right price. No, for real. I've actually given guests, I've guest lectured at some, some universities on account of, one, I have an innate ability to, I'm an extremely intuitive individual. And I, that's something that I very much encourage folks to, to cultivate your intuition because had I not listened to my gut and people talk about that and it's like, oh, what does that really mean? But had I not listened to my gut, for instance, when I was evaluating the options of whether or not I stay in publishing, which is, you know, what I knew I was comfortable in or uh, branch out into uncharted terrain, which was which was text, you know, software sales, I, I would not be where I'm at. And, you know, in the vein of personal branding, because I have always been an outlier, you know, I've always been someone even in my my family that didn't fit in. And for whatever reason, maybe it's my Haitian, my DNA, my, you know, my bloodline that has really sort of pushed me to hold my ground, stand my ground in the vein of not conforming. I'm just a non-conformist and I can't conform. And so with that, instead of compromising the integrity of who I am, my character, I stand firm in that I'm, you know, I'm Haitian, I'm black, I'm a female, I don't dress in hoodies hmm. and jeans. I rock fat gold chains and black leather. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> when you look at my LinkedIn profile, they'll understand if, if anyone cares to do so. But I said that to say, I think it's really important that in terms of explicitly defining who you are, what you stand for and, and so forth, you, you spend a lot of time introspecting and uh, you, know, you devote time to being thoughtful about how you articulate who you are, what you are and so forth. And to your point around digital footprint, you know, it's very interesting. And I think this circles back to what brought us together in the first place, which is like crypto and just kind of the world of decentralization mm, yes. and so forth. It's like, I think the pandemic has accelerated our virtual existence, this, this like digitized existence. And as a result, you know, your reputation precedes you in the digital frontier. So if you are not careful in how you depict yourself. If you are not deliberate with how you depict yourself, then you're subject to the whims of what's being said about you. And you know, you know, in any environment, if you're just kind of leaving it 
to happenstance, contrary to what I said before about how my career unfolded, that's not a good thing. No, it actually teaches you how to be in control of, and to kind of touch on that, the way that I kind of think about it as, as well is when your, your digital footprint is just another version of your existence in cyberspace. And just like you are in control of your life in the real world, it's the same thing. You're in control of your life in the digital world. So the things that you say, which is going to be even more scrutinized because it's always going to be indexed. It's always going to be captured, cached, your pictures, mm. your texts, your tweets. And mm-hmm. so that corporate, for people who haven't worked in corporate, every corporation has a communication clause that says pretty much anything you do on our platform or network, we're going to be able to see. And you should be very uh, cognizant, very aware of what you're saying, because it can be used against you. And so that's in short that you learn in corporate. So if you haven't worked in corporate, this is where you get that skill from. Once you have that skill, you apply that to the digital world, and it's the same exact thing. So every message you say, every picture that you post, they're pretty much prejudging you, either based off of your actions or what they see, or what you're saying. And so it's going to be even harder to fight that battle to be like, no, no, I'm really not that way. Or no, I'm really this way because they have everything there in front of them. So that's very important what you're saying. Yeah. And, you know, I I cannot underscore enough how, especially with like applications like, you know, Snapchat, where you think that what you share like disappears, it's in the cloud. So, you know, we need to be extremely, extremely vigilant in, you know, what might seem like fun and comical or what have you. Like the implications of that, like they can echo in eternity when it comes to the what's being captured and indexed to your point in the digital domain. So one thing I want to underscore for your listeners is how important it is to be extremely thoughtful with what you post, whether it's in the public domain or the private domain, anything that you are socializing can come back to haunt you. So this is true. Twice. This is true. I hope all the young people who happen to listen to this. I hope they're taking heed to the advice that we're giving. Lisa, you've told us a little bit about yourself. Uh, you have a great track record. You have tons of different experiences. You are definitely seem like a driven go-getter, accomplished. And since you're an entrepreneur before you knew that you're an entrepreneur, from what it sounds like. And I can mm-hmm. see that through all the conversations that we've had. How did you come up with Crypto Tutors? Where did this idea spark from? How did you get here? Why is it important? Just where did crypto tutors come from, Lisa? That's such a great question. And like, okay, let me take a step back. And like, we spoke about how, you know, success is not linear. And you were saying, it's like a squiggly line and, you know, squiggly line up. And I was like, sometimes you got to take a few steps back to, to be catapulted forward. So I think it's important to contextualize my my response with what was happening at that particular time. So I left the confine and the security of a corporate structure where, quite honestly, I loved my experience at LinkedIn. You know, like I have such an affinity for LinkedIn and it was an environment that I was able to thrive and really come to, to, you know, terms with who I was as a human being. Like I got very clear on my personal, my vision, which is to scale empowerment globally. And as a result, I was able to like get, you know, opportunities to become a brand ambassador for LinkedIn and contribute to, to, you know, diversity recruitment initiatives. And actually that was how I was 
my next my next play it's it's funny because we say that like at linkedin when you get a new job oh your next play well coincidentally my colleagues at linkedin they decided to create their own organization and it was a diverse it is a diversity recruitment firm that you know connects uh black and latinx talent tech talent to to opportunities you know at the microsoft's the snaps the amazons and so forth so i opted to head up partnerships for this organization and i said to them look it's a startup about what at the time maybe 13 15 months old i said i'm going to help scale the business to a million dollars in 12 months They're like give me a year and that's what i'm going to do and that's what i did and so when i um you know like by i guess it was june yeah so 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 the pandemic began in march of 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 2020 like really culminated here in the us and things started to like shut all the way down and i started to to like think about okay this pandemic like this is radically transformative like we're never going to go back to what it is and i don't know i can't predict the future none of us can but I was like, I got to make some serious pivots. And so it got me thinking about, okay, if I'm going to help and be involved in a startup, why am I not thinking about my own startup? Like, why am I not conceptualizing and thinking through what, you know, Thanks. what I can build, right? I had that like, you know, seed planted in my mind. And to your point earlier, I'm always been like over indexing on like that entrepreneurial spirit. So, you know, my best friend, coincidentally, we, you know, you'll have her on the podcast eventually. Um, Nina Blankenship, love that woman to death. Um, love, love that woman to <laughs> life, but yeah, nobody's dying. Yeah, you okay. gotta say that's so, COVID right now. Everybody's <laughs> life, um, life, positive vibes. Yeah, nah, 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 nah. It's, it's exactly, you know, um, Fancy Bot is all about positivity anyway. So yeah, we met her and I, coincidentally, we met at LinkedIn and like, you know, it was, we just clicked immediately, we vibed, and it was just like, we we bonded forever. Like, that's just what it is. And so the beginning of the pandemic, we, you know, we were talking through just like, again, like thinking about like entrepreneurial endeavors. And it was interesting because Moetti, who, you know, our other co-founder, you know, he's an algorithmic trader and he's, you know, PhD in statistics, and he's been involved in crypto since its inception. Nina was so smart, Justin, she knew that I, you know, I have a company called Fancified. It's an empowerment organization, motivational speaking, corporate training, et cetera. I have a vision of scaling empowerment globally. So Nina, in knowing me, she was like, yo, you got to meet Moetti. And I was like, who's Moetti? Come to find out he's like her college or her tutor, you know, when she was at university in statistics. And they had been friends, you know, since, you know, back in the day. And she's like, yo, you know, Moetti's talking your talk, like you, you know, scale empowerment globally. He's all about liberating wealth. And I was like, first of all, what does even liberate your wealth mean? And she's like, you got to meet him to find out. So her, Moetti and I, we, she recorded this conversation, interestingly enough, July 30th, I think it was, or was it June 30th, June 30th or July 30th. Her, the three of us get together. We have this conversation. And Justin, it was one of those conversations that I would, would forever change the trajectory of all of our lives because we all agreed that financial literacy, financial empowerment was something that we wanted to contribute to, especially within marginalized communities. You know, when you're talking about women, you're talking about black, you know, um, well, we're, you know, Moetti and I, we're, you know, we're black. Nita's a woman. So, you know, we're all minorities and we're like cryptocurrency as Moetti started to explain to us kind of how the landscape worked and operated. We saw an opportunity to close the wealth gap. 
You know, how can we transform knowledge into wealth? And that was the that was the impetus behind, you know, crypto tutors because Moetti became our crypto tutor and we were like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Like this should be codified. And by virtue of coming to that realization, here we are now with Crypto Tutors, an organization that is devoted to simplifying crypto to empower, simplifying crypto through e-learning, through one-on-one -on -one tutoring and edutainment, edutainment content, hybrid of entertainment um, and entertaining content. We have you know, a show that we're producing called Crypto Couch, where we host subject matter experts. It's kind of like a breakfast club vibe, but we host subject matter experts and, and we highlight, you know, women and, and people of color that are, you know, trailblazing in the industry. And I interview them and, you know, we, we share that content for folks to familiarize themselves with what's happening, um, going on in the landscape. And uh, our whole objective is to help folks transform knowledge into wealth. So that's yeah, amazing. That's that. And so what were some of the highlights that Moetti said to you in this conversation that sparked the full blown, let's make this happen? Because, you know, for those who haven't listened to the first podcast, you know, Mo, Mo, you know, just like Lisa said, Moetti's been in cryptocurrency pretty much since it's got invented. And so this was, you know, early 2000s where he's like, oh, I was mining on my computer. I didn't know what I was doing. And we've had full blown conversations about how you had to go look for this information yourself. And it was kind of like an underground group of people who knew exactly what was going on. And even when I got into the crypto space, I spent hours upon hours upon hours having to just dig through the internet to find out just terms and definitions and how this works and why it makes sense. So when Moetti was talking to you guys and you guys had this conversation to get crypto tutors off the ground and, you know, give the knowledge to people. What was that main thing that just hit you and said, yes, this is it. Nina Blankenship. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so our other a hundred, you know what? I got to give her like all the credit and all the praise because, you know, one of her, um, you know, she's a woman of many talents, but like her ability to operationalize, you know, ideas, she just has this gift. Like she's so great at taking an idea and and building out the infrastructure to, to really um, execute the idea. And so like we all have, I think this is this is like a part of our secret sauce. We all have, you know, um, different domains of expertise. And as a result, the three of us together have just this, like we are forced to be reckoned with. But I would say that from, you know, philosophically, like there was all, we were all in. Like philosophically, we were like, ideologically, we were all like, yo, like Moetti has, you know, he, he, he describes it as like liberate your wealth. And, you know, I'm all about scaling empowerment globally. So like philosophically, ideologically, we were all on board. And the thing about Nina is that like, don't tell her you're trying, you want to do something and not be prepared for whatever is required to, to execute because she's extremely executional. And so like, you know, it wasn't just about chatting and 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 discussing it was like we got the idea we're all on board what do we need to do to execute the idea and then from there we really started to build out the business and you know she and and moetti and i we we just like came up with a we made a decision to do an e-learning course and the moetti as like he and i we co-authored the the course 
he heads up our education, you know, he, he heads up our like educational content and he oversees, you know, our tutoring. So, you know, he, you know, proposed the, the, the idea of, of what we wanted to focus on with our course, which was how do we introduce people, especially mm. risk averse communities, right? Like women look for more longer term, you know, strategies when it comes to investment. And I think, you know, people of color, like being, you know, a black female, for instance, I think that we, you know, and not to speak for the collective, but like, you know, there are a number of statistics to support the fact that when it comes to like investments, we're not as willing or as open or as exposed to, you know, strategies, investing opportunities and so forth. And so we wanted to make sure that we took into consideration as educators, how we could set folks up that that might be risk averse to to expose them to an education that enabled them to, you know, generate passive income. And we decided to take a very, you know, there's always risk involved when it comes to investments. However, what is the, how can we mitigate the risk? And that was the impetus behind creating the, the um, first course that we created, which is about a stable coin. And, you know, stable coin is not subjected to the volatility of a like Bitcoin, for instance, because a stable coin is collateralized, which means that it is backed by either a fiat currency, which is like a US dollar or another crypto. And, and in our course, stablecoin USDN, it's backed by waves. And so I won't go too far in depth because you can go to crypto tutors. Love it. I love it. More. <laughs> so it sounds like you're the, the clearly you're the person that that scales the business. And what is your goal for 2021? Like, are you trying to get so many different users? How many people's lives are you trying to impact? What is what are the goals that for anybody that's listening? Why is it important for people to listen to Lisa's voice for crypto's tutors to be like, yes, we need to come to this website. Yes, we need to learn this information because it's important. How many people are you trying to impact this year? Huh, that's a good question. I don't know if I ever thought about numerically how many people I was hoping to or we were hoping to impact. You know, we are extremely aspirational and we recognize that, you know, globally there's seven over 7.8 billion people in the world, right? And here in the United States, for instance, you're talking about, you know, a population of around a bit over 330 million. So, and I think using, you know, African-Americans, for instance, and you're looking at around 12% of, of the population. I say these numbers because I can't say that there is a percentage or a numerical value that I can assign to, you know, who we want to impact. Because quite honestly, I think that everyone should be thinking about cryptocurrency and the whole decentralization in general, but particularly as it relates to the monetary system. Because Again, going back to some of the like, you know, macro indicators, like here in the United States, you have, a, you know, a, a stimulus plan to help ignite the economy and help families that have been impacted by the pandemic. I mean, we've all been impacted by the pandemic to some degree, but, you know, for folks that are losing their jobs, you know, we, we, you know, we have stimulus packages. Well, where is this money coming from? You know, like the U.S. operates at a deficit, right? Like we don't, we, we haven't balanced our books, so to speak. And as a result, it's very disconcerting that money is just appearing. They're printing more money, right? So they're printing more dollars. That is more than likely going to impact the value of the dollar because that could lead to inflation, right? So 
the education that we are offering is going to help folks wrap their heads around how things are evolving so that they can better prepare for the future. Another thing I want to add is when you look at the future of work, right? Automation is is clearly impacting um, and and eroding jobs that humans have have done. And and you've seen this when you go to the grocery store. There's like self service checkout, for instance. You're going to see more and more of jobs being lost to automation. There's definitely going to be an uptick in in jobs that are highly technical, highly specialized software developers, for example, data scientists, et cetera. However, for your average person, you know, I don't know if from a skills perspective, that's going to those opportunities, they'll be prepared for, for those opportunities per se. As a result, how do you generate wealth? Well, you have to start to evaluate other opportunities from just exchanging your time for money. And when I think about, again, being, you know, a Black female, I think about just like how institutional racism has, has, you know, inhibited people of color, particularly Black Americans, from participating in economic growth opportunities. There are a number of different ways that institutional racism has, has impacted the way, like what's available to us. You know, you talk about redlining, you know, refusing a loan or insurance to someone because they live in a particular area. You know, I'm looking at data from 2016 that even shows the typical middle-class Black household had $13,000 in wealth versus $150,000 for the median white household. So that begs the question, are we preparing ourselves for the future? And when it comes to building wealth and transgenerational wealth at that, having multiple revenue streams is a surefire way to better position yourselves for the future. And I think that cryptocurrency presents a very interesting opportunity to generate wealth. And I myself have seen on a personal level, the benefits of making wise investments. And I'm not a you know financial advisor or what have you, neither are we at organizationally at Crypto Tutors, but we've all been able to see gains as a result of implementing these, these investment strategies. And I would be remiss if I call myself having a mission of scaling empowerment globally, and I'm not applying that in a financial in a financial arena to empower folks that that need to be empowered, that need to know what's happening and to prepare themselves accordingly. That is so much lovely information and it's a lot. And with that information, my next ask for you, Lisa, is I want you to explain how, what is the communication style of crypto tutors? Because we're talking to an audience where crypto tutors is minorities, whether it be ethnic descent or female minorities, people who are marginalized, low income people who actually it's really anyone at the end of the day. But how do you guys communicate your messages so they can feel comfortable understanding like, hey, if we're going to go to crypto tutors, we know that we're going to be able to sit down and understand this. How do you guys break this down on a very simplified level to give the information out? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that because like the smartest people in the world, and I think it might have been like Einstein who said this, but take complex subject and and simplify them. So let me like take several seats on like the macro level and let me get like super micro and super tactical. Okay, so at Crypto Tutors, we have a philosophy of, you know, step by step 
and click by click. We created a song actually where that's a part of the lyrics because we recognize that when it comes to understanding this landscape, there's a lot of the knowledge gap, like there's a barrier to entry. And I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that a couple years back or however you know, long ago it was, when you got into the industry, you know, when Moeti got into the industry, our other co-founder, it was very clear that there was so much research that had to go into, you know, educating yourself. There wasn't a source that you could go to, to like say, okay, I can go to X and I can gather the information that I need to wrap my head around what's happening in the industry, what's happening in the space and so forth. And we at Crypto Tutors want to make it as simple as possible for folks to understand how to navigate the landscape. And even in my own research, Justin, I find that like when you're explaining, okay, well, what is cryptocurrency? Okay, what's a digital asset? You know, there's, you know, what is, and then you blockchain and then it's like, okay, wait, but what's a blockchain? And so it's like one definition leads to another definition leads to another. So we really try our best to break it down to the, the lowest common denominator and laymanize, laymanize the, you know, language. Cause I think that there's a whole entire language associated with understanding crypto and whether it be through our courses or through the guests that we host on the crypto couch, we really challenge ourselves and we challenge them to explain it as though they're they're explaining it to a five-year-old, explain it as though we're explaining it to a five-year-old. And so I'll give you an example with how we produce our content. So, you know, when you're when you're taking our course, our courses, you'll see that in addition to kind of explaining things verbally, we also supplement that with illustrations and animations because if we can show you in addition to speaking to, you know, whatever the concept is that we're breaking down, it's going to increase your comprehension. It's going to increase your ability to understand so that you're not just hearing it, but you're seeing it as well. And we give examples, like for instance, when we talk about blockchain, well, okay, it's a, it's just a distributed ledger. Well, why couldn't we refer to blockchain as like a global network of computers that are validating transactions for, you know, to make sure that they're legitimized. So it's like all about how do you create a reference point that people can relate to and they can understand. And then we encourage folks to explain it to other people uh, in your community. Even in our course, we have an objection handling session where we, I, you know, Nina and I, we sit with Moeti and, and we have a conversation and we're like, okay, what about people who say that cryptocurrency is a Ponzi scheme? You know, like try through a variety of channels to create an understanding that can, as many folks as we can, their learning style, which is why we also have music, right? So music is another aspect of the edutainment arena um, that we're utilizing to help people wrap their heads around, you know, this complex subject matter. And then the last thing I'll say is that, well, that was a well, lot. Let me pause. While there. you're pausing, <laughs> this is, I'm going to reiterate and back up what you just said. So, I'm going to say it in two to three different ways for you guys. Like I said at the beginning of this podcast, I'm in graduate school right now. And the things that I'm learning are just words. And on honestly, these words, if you translate them to simpler words, I could teach this to my five-year-old son. But the reason why they don't have these words simplified is because it is the barrier of entry. 
Graduate school costs a lot of money. So essentially I'm paying a lot of money to learn vocabulary for words that could be translated down to something as easy as the number one. And what that means is when you're looking for certain information to go find things out and we have certain math equations we have to talk about and pretty much all these classes talk about math or talk about just different values of things. And just like you said, what is blockchain? Distributed ledger. And you're exactly right. All it really is is a whole bunch of computers that work together to make sure that if I say I have the money in my wallet and I want to send it to you, Lisa, these computers are going to go, yes, that's real. It's really just that simple. And then they send the money. Yep. And then people get to make money off of that. And so really the importance of what we're talking about right now is that as long as you get the information, the knowledge, you know, they say in GI Joe, knowledge is power. Like it's, it's nothing but the truth. Once you get the vocabulary down, yep. once you get the knowledge, it's not going to seem so scary. Like all it is is really just words. And when you start understanding it in this way and not, oh, I need to understand what's going on. You just really understand, oh, I just got to learn this vocabulary. Then I can understand what's going on. It's just like if you've never watched football and you're like, why is this ref blowing the whistle? Why does he get a yellow flag? Why is this guy throwing the ball? But do mm -hmm. you understand the rules for all these different things that are going on? It makes it more enjoyable to watch. You get passionate about it and it's easy to understand. And that's the same exact thing with everything that we're talking about. And this is the knowledge is the elephant in the room of just people see it, but they just don't know how to address it. And that's why we're having these type of conversations. So Lisa, what else do you want to add to that? Yeah, I'm, I, you hit the nail right on the head and I really appreciate, you know, your, the way that you articulated it, because I would say that yes, a hundred thousand percent having the knowledge is powerful. However, I think what Crypto Tutors is really over indexing on, dare I say, is applied learning, right? So it's not just enough to know it. Mm. It's what are you doing with what you know? And I think when it comes to wealth generation and really helping folks cultivate the skill sets required to not only build their own financial literacy, but to instill that financial literacy in their children and children's children's, because when you were talking before about like, who do we want to impact generations? Like we're talking about, we want to cultivate dynasty builders, right? We want to make sure that we're not just focused on the short term, which like my lifetime or my children's lifetime or my children's children's lifetime, but we're talking about impact that echoes in eternity. And so when it comes to understanding the landscape and familiarizing ourselves with the, you know, the practices that could lead to, to wealth building, if you're not applying what you learn, then it's all for fraught. You know, it's not about being the smartest person in the room. It's about how do you take those smarts and apply them and to have a material impact on your life. And given what we're doing at Crypto Tutors and just the world of cryptocurrency at large, there's an opportunity to apply learning to change not only your life, but the lives of, of those that will follow you and your community. And this is where I think the, the most exciting part about the work that we're doing, where it lies in having an impact on a global community. So Lisa, all this is beautiful information. Where do they get this information from? How do they find you? How do they sign up? How, where do they follow you at? If people like your personality, which I love your personality, by the way, I, I, I love the New York. It's awesome. I'm, I love the energy. <laughs> How do they get in touch with you to have just more of 
the game, the gym, the gyms, the knowledge that you're just dropping. Because at the end of the day, that's all this is really about. It's about dropping the gyms, the knowledge, so you know how to empower yourself. So you don't have to be afraid of not knowing anymore. Because there's a lot of money out there for people to make. And there's a ton of different ways to make it. And from the sounds of it, crypto tutors is not just about you know, only cryptocurrency, it's about understanding the finance that goes behind just how money works in general and just applying it to cryptocurrency in this one uh, fashion. So how do we get in contact with you? How do we sign up and how do we follow you, Lisa? Oh, man. Well, first and foremost, you know, thank you for just like recognizing the gangster. Like we're not, you know, we're not out here talking about, oh, yeah, you know, like give us your money and and well invest in your behalf and all that jazz and i think that again in the vein of like what uh contributed to to the form formation of crypto tutors and to moetti's credit and and how prophetic this statement was which quite honestly it didn't un i didn't understand when he said it initially but now that i've i've been able to kind of live and breathe this world of, of crypto and see you know what the impact has been on my own my own personal life and and my own you know portfolio liberating your wealth. I think that's such a incredible statement, liberate your wealth. And I would just impress upon your listeners, like, what does that mean for you? What does it look like if, if your wealth is liberated? You know, or are you tired of, of delegating the responsibility of managing your wealth to a third party? Then, then you should pull up to Crypto Tutors because, you know, we, we got what you need. We want to make sure that you yourself are equipped with the knowledge, the education that you can apply these principles to, to create opportunities, economic opportunities for your for yourself and your loved ones and your community at large. Um, when it comes to continuing to, to, you know, follow our journey, this is another thing I'll say, this isn't a company, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a movement, like this is this is a revolution. And again, I'm Haitian. So, you know, I probably will be televised out on a, on a revolutionary front, you know, but I think all right, <laughs> it will be digitized. <laughs> it will be decentralized. Uh, it will be socialized. Um, but yeah, if you want to, if you want to continue to, to, you know, join the movement number one and, and continue to like follow us and keep up with our journey and be a part of our journey, you can follow us on, on Facebook at crypto space tutors. You can follow us on Twitter at crypto underscore tutors. You can follow us on LinkedIn at crypto tutors. Oh, YouTube, please, please, please. Especially if, you know, our course if if our course is maybe you know cost prohibitive right for for some follow us on uh youtube at crypto tutors because we will be releasing the crypto couch we'll be releasing video content that you can nosh on so that you can start to understand you know the concepts who the players are in the space you know and you can start to develop your your knowledge and understanding through that but I guess that's it. I don't know. Is there any, I said, I said Facebook, I said Instagram, I said Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube. Um, you can find me, Lisa Francoeur, F-R-A-N-C-O-E-U-R across any, uh, across on LinkedIn. You know, you can see the fat gold chains that Justin was talking about and, and, and the leather, black leather. And the last thing I'll end on is like what, what I call, you know, I talk about myself in third person. Um, I say fancy fat a lot. So people are like, what the hell is that? You got to do your research on Lisa Francois to find out. But fancy fat says authentic intelligence. You know, I really want to encourage people to 
who they are authentically and understanding your unique value proposition and recognize that if you really want to live a life of purpose and live purposefully, you will have clarity on what your unique value proposition is and create from your unique value proposition an offering that you can contribute to society in a significant way. And that's what I call authentic intelligence. And I encourage everyone to cultivate that within themselves because that's the greatest gift that you can I give the world. The gift I love you. it. Lisa, this has been a wonderful conversation. I hope it has impacted everyone as much as it's impacted me. Just being able to sit here and have this conversation is just a wealth of knowledge on top of that. So I encourage everyone to go follow Crypto Tutors amongst the very different various different platforms, YouTube, their website, Twitter, Facebook, find Lisa on LinkedIn, plug in, tap in with her. Please get connected with her. She's bright, amazing individual with nothing but positive vibes to give out to the world. So thank you so much, Lisa, for being on our show today. Crypto, totals, crypto, totals, crypto, totals, hey. It's a way. Making money in my sleep? Making money in my sleep.